Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LLB, Locked On Browns, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to your Locked On Browns pregame show for Week 8, Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns, First Energy Stadium, 1 p.m. on Halloween Sunday. This episode of Locked On Browns is brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. Da, 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 da. I'm loving it. Hi, everybody. Jeff Lloyd. We're going to ride solo here on your Lockdown Browns pregame show. Uh, for all my Ohio listeners, as you know, state playoffs are underway. Pete Smith, very busy with the Streetsboro program. With a win last night, now getting to face number one seed. Uh, Sharded next week. Good luck to Pete and the Streetsboro guys. Jeff Lloyd at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The show itself at Locked On Browns. Follow back account. As everybody knows, we appreciate everybody for making Locked On Browns your first listen every day in whatever podcast platform you use. Locked On Browns. Available daily and always free. We're going to get to the injury report here, and it's pretty extensive. For the Browns, uh, as we roll in to week eight against the Steelers, what we do know, out for Sunday for your Browns, that would be A.J. Green. That would be, I'm sorry, that would be Donovan Peoples-Jones. That would be Denzel Ward and Richard LeCount, the rookie, out for looking like disciplinary reasons. Um, LeCount, not a big part of the Browns' plans to this point, but a uh, young man, uh, you need to get everything in check here. Uh, could be a reason or a possibility the Browns need you somewhere going down. The future, uh, whatever the issue is, let's hope the rookie gets it straightened out and uh, gets back to his role here uh, in the secondary for the Browns and just waiting on his opportunity. The questionable status, and it is a tad bit extensive, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., but if he played last Thursday, you assume, assume he's going to go today. Uh, A.J. Green, questionable as well. Zach McKinley, not trending in the right direction as he was uh, limited on Thursday, now uh, out on Friday of practice, questionable. Malik Jackson listed as questionable, started to trend in the right direction for him. Johnny Staten also questionable, trending in the right direction for him as well. For the Pittsburgh Steelers, we know Eric Ebron will be ruled out of this game. Also very interesting, questionable status on free agent, late pickup, Melvin Ingram, solid pass rusher. The question is going to be there um, with Melvin Ingram is this may be where the Steelers are looking to move him, so maybe you're not going to play him against the Browns here on Sunday with the thought process of you know, moving him on Tuesday at the NFL trade deadline. Something to keep your eyes on um, to not have face Melvin Ingram on Sunday would be the worst thing in the world for your Cleveland Browns. For Baker Mayfield, um, yes, Baker Mayfield is starting this game. Um, for those of you that have your concerns, you know, maybe another week or two would help the broken bone heal. I'm not completely disagreeing with you guys under that thought premise. But with the Browns currently sitting at four and three, with two divisional games the next two weeks, Steelers Sunday, Cincinnati following. Say you sit Baker those two games. Say you don't win those games with Case Keenum at quarterback. You're now four and five. And when two weeks from now you, you put Baker in, this is a really big hill to climb with eight games to go. Um, not only in your division, but only fighting for a wild card spot. Baker, obviously whatever percentage he currently is right now, and with the coaching staff signing off on it, with the medical staff signing off on it. You have to feel it's very, very simple from this standpoint. Whatever percentage health-wise now the Browns view Baker Mayfield at, 
they obviously view it that he is at a percentage that they feel gives them the best opportunity to win Sunday. It's just that simple. If they thought Case Keenum was the better option, even with whatever percentage Baker is at right now, they would start him. It's just that simple. But you're four and three. You have two divisional games coming up here. Um, you don't know if Baker could even make the entire season. Um, yes, it's a risk. Yes, it's a gamble. You don't want to see him taking any more hits. But you don't want to lose these games. You can't lose these games. There's no opportunity for postseason if you lose these games. So if you're going to go down, you're going to go down with six at the helm. That's what this team is built for. He is your quarterback. There's no other question about it. This is the way it goes. Baker Mayfield is the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, so if they were to end up four and five with Case Keenum at the helm, knowing that maybe Baker could have played in either one of these games, it's not the right thing to do. It's inexcusable. You're not giving your team the best opportunity to win. So you're just going to have to roll with the punches here. You play Baker. You understand that maybe he won't be as crisp um, as you know vintage Baker, which is okay. Um, the report's out of practice. Look, it's practice. Um, nobody's coming. Nobody's in his space. It's moving at a pace that is more comfortable for Baker Mayfield. I understand all of that. So don't take the practice reports as gospel in this scenario. But for me, if it's the best option, that's the option you go with. You don't even question it. Um, look, something happens. You got to go to case. You got to go to case. That's just the way it goes. But Baker Mayfield is this team's quarterback. You're getting an opportunity here, which we're going to get to here as we talk about the Browns offense, where you could have the trio of Baker, Odell, and Jarvis all on the field together for the first time in over a calendar year. And let's see how it goes. And you know, this is supposed to be the recipe of the passing game. This is supposed to be the recipe of the success of this passing game. Uh, so you're going to want to get it out there. And with a huge, huge opportunity against the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, either way, the Browns Sunday, the best they can do is finish maybe in a tie for second in the division. At worst on Sunday, they could be in the basement of the AFC North. Nothing any of us want, um, but we'll see how it all plays out. We're going to get to all sides of the ball here. We're going to cover the Browns offense against the Steelers defense. We are going to cover the Browns defense against the Steelers offense. A lot to unpack here. Haven't seen Pittsburgh since January when the Browns went into Heinz Field, beat them around in their building, won a playoff game for the first time in forever. And then not to mention the week before that game, Browns won 24-22, clinching that playoff berth against the Steelers and going in there. So Baker Mayfield with an opportunity to do something that no one has done since Bernie Kosar and beat the Pittsburgh Steelers three times in a row. That is your Browns health report. Um, Brian Shaw, meteorologist in Cleveland, sent me all the information today. We're looking mid-50s, not too much wind, a little rain in the morning um, for your Halloween weather. Should be a you know conducive day weather-wise uh, at First Energy. And we will get to our offenses and defensive previews here on your Locked On Browns pregame show as we move ahead. This episode of Locked On Browns is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving community members since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to connect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team of the away team can come to recharge. It's a place you always look forward to stopping at a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. I'm not going to lie, folks. These sausage McMuffin with egg is still a guilty pleasure of mine. Uh, so the opportunity, quick, uh, get something to eat, and you'll get yourself going on your commute. Uh, McDonald's breakfast menu, certainly never, ever beaten. So go to McDonald's right now to refuel and connect. And did somebody say a Lockdown Browns watch party? Interesting, interesting. For McDonald's. And we thank them for the sponsorship here at the Lockdown Podcast Network. Da, 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 da. I'm 
Loving it. We continue with your Locked On Browns pregame show. Appreciate everybody for making us your first listen every single day. First thing of note, um, and it's just, it's crazy that it's gone this long. Um, but all sites look to Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham Jr., and Jarvis Landry playing for this Browns offense for the first time together Sunday against the Steelers in over a calendar year. Yes, folks, it's been that long. Baker, <clears throat> yes, practice in pads this week. And this was done deliberately, obviously, you know, to you know, work on the mechanism that is trying to keep the shoulder in place because the broken bone is not fully healed yet. I know, folks, it seems crazy on the surface to even talk about an injury to this extent and a player playing. But Baker Mayfield is not going to leave his teammates out there. So you have Odell. And you saw a little bit Thursday night against the Broncos, you know, about Odell finding open space, Case Keenum uh, ability to hit him. Uh, Jarvis Landry was featured early in the game and featured well. Um, you just see the quickness that, you know, Jarvis Landry can find himself to his open areas. And even Case Keenum, not the strongest arm, but certainly a quick decision maker and certainly capable of getting the ball out faster. These are things that now need to happen with this offense with Baker Mayfield. Uh, look, do you want a steady diet of 13 and 80? Um, you'd love to. Uh, are they capable of it? That's going to be a question. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones being out, but that maybe opens up a role for Rashard Higgins. We know the relationship that Baker and Rashard have. Um, they certainly had relationships and huge plays against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So there's been that opportunities where they have succeeded against this defense. Um, you, you wonder if you know Anthony Schwartz gets involved a little bit. Uh, Thursday night, he got involved. Maybe that wasn't by choice. Maybe you know the injuries dictated the way that game went, certainly with the injury to Donovan Peoples-Jones right before kickoff. So you know, you want to infuse all that. The tight ends, look, it's been an up and down thing with the tight end position. The Browns have a lot invested in here and have a ton of talent, as we all know, with Austin Hooper, David Njoku, and certainly Harrison Bryant. But it needs, needs to be some sort of even flow, not just the tight ends have a dominant week one week. The next week, we don't hear about them. Uh, the next week, maybe it's a small effort. This is a big part of this offense. This is a big part of this play action game. And the Browns need to capitalize on this. Uh, we'll see old friend Joe Schobert. But Joe Schobert's been coming down, coming off the field in passing situations. Uh, Devin Bush, your linebacker I love, coming off an ACL injury, as everybody knows this deal, the player I truly love during his draft process. He's coming off the field in obvious passing situations. So yeah, you've got to be able to take advantage of these opportunities. Um, and you've got to be able to you know, hit these guys when they are open. Again, decision-making, getting rid of the ball quickly. Um, all huge, huge aspects, um, certainly you know, with Baker being injured. And also maybe Baker gets back to his more confident level. Um, we've talked a little bit about Baker looking a little bit more like 2019 Baker Mayfield to this point. Um, some of that certainly due to the injury. Some of that certainly due to a fluctu fluctuating offensive line. Now keep in mind, Baker Mayfield didn't have Jedrick Wills and even Blake Hans at right tackle the couple of last couple of games. He had Blake Hans at left tackle and James Hudson at right tackle. This week he will have his offensive line. From left to right, you will have Wills, Batonio, Shredder, obviously Wyatt Tiller, who's been picking it up and back to the Wyatt Tiller we've all expected the last couple of weeks, and Jack Conklin returning this week. He's got his guys. So, you know, obviously Conklin, TJ Watt is certainly the matchup to watch. Um, you know, Highsmith versus Jedrick Wills. Jedrick Wills played the entire game Thursday night against the Broncos. Um, it looks like he's had a decent week of practice this week. So maybe that ankle is finally starting to round back into shape for Jedrick Wills. His play hasn't been fantastic. But this is more of a, you appreciate the effort. You more appreciate the fact that he's going in week in, week out, giving this team everything he's got. So offensive line back. And now here is your key one, folks. Nick Chubb back. Is he 100%? We're not sure. We're going to see. But we know Nick Chubb. We know the diligent worker he is. Um, the few times that he has been injured, the effort, the process that goes into getting himself ready to get back on the field. 
special player, special guy off the field, special guy in the rehab room. Everything about Nick Chubb is 100% class professional athlete. Uh, those last two games against the Steelers last year, obviously the big touchdown run, 108-yard effort in Week 17 against the Steelers last year to secure that playoff game. 70 yards on the ground in the playoff game, a huge 40-yard uh, screen pass for a touchdown in that playoff game. Nick Chubb, just, he has juice that other running backs on this Browns roster don't have. Dearness Johnson, Kareem Hunt, a little bit similar in about how they get things done, take the open yardage, get physical when it comes to the point of contact, get a couple extra yards that way. Nick, no, Nick Chubb is more diligent in the fact that you know he can break those tackles with a stiff arm or the fact that he's just faster and gets himself out of the position of you know, contact and is able to just go for extra yards. We've seen so many runs where Nick gets to the 15, 20-yard mark, makes a cut, throws a stiff arm, and it's not a 15, 20-yard run. It's a 35, 40, 50-yard touchdown run. Getting Nick back for this week against the Steelers, a defense that has struggled against the run. And let's understand this. This is something we have not expected from te Steeler teams in the past. But there is a little bit of aging on the Steelers' defensive line. Uh, Twit, uh, Stephon Twitt still out. Um, you know, Cam Hayward. And it's not that Cam Hayward is not still a solid, solid player. And maybe the bye week is going to come in handy for Cam Hayward. But it comes to time where father time catches up to all of us. So you got to keep, obviously, an opportunity and an eye on that. You know, what type of player are you getting the real Cam Hayward this year? Are we getting the fact that maybe Cam Hayward is getting a little bit past his prime, which is still an excellent, excellent football player. Don't mistake me there. Um, you look at the safety position. And Mika Fitzpatrick um, has been a fantastic player in the NFL at times. A really, really dominant presence at the safety position. But you look at it this year, and it's had its ups and downs. Yes, he's their leading tackler, which probably isn't a good thing. Um, a team that plays a 3-4 and their leading tackler is a safety is usually not the best option. <laughs> it's usually not a good sign for a defense. Um, but Mickey Fitzpatrick, while this secondary is evolving, there's some new pieces in that Steelers secondary trying to find their footing. And Mickey Fitzpatrick has had to do, had to do a lot of you know basically filling in the cracks um, being some spray foam, if you want to go with that term, of trying to assist this defense in reaching the heights that it needs to reach. And Mika Fitzpatrick, but look, he has been a player who's had Baker Mayfield's number in the past. So you're certainly going to be leery of a player like Mika Fitzpatrick um, in a situation like this, a player who knows Baker well, has had his number at times. And you want to see how this is going to work. For Baker Mayfield, look, you want to see clear, concise, finding open man, getting rid of the ball. Um, the bootlegs that we all love so much and have been so successful. Be smart. If it ain't there, throw the ball away. Because, look, these guys are going to look to bump you. There's no way around it. If they can you know, anything to get a hit on you anywhere near that left shoulder, you've got to be cognizant of that happening. So Baker's got to play smart. He's got to play fast. Maybe having 13 and 80 on the field again for the first time in a long time will assist in that. These are all things I'm going to look for. But I think Baker's going to give you some pro a pretty decent quarterback play. The Steelers' run defense has been porous. I think Nick Chubb, Dearness Johnson are going to find a way to get you 160, maybe 180 yards on the ground. I think there's going to be a big Nick Chubb rub. Nick Chubb run. So these are all things to look out for for the Browns offense. We're going to flip it up here. We're going to go to Browns defense against the Steelers offense as we hit segment three here and close out week eight pregame show. It's Steelers week. Halloween and first energy. Folks, we all know it's going to be a crazy one Sunday afternoon. Cannot wait for it. Celebrate freedom of choice. Did you know that Bill Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. When you talk to a Bill Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. And if you don't know the Bill Bar flavors, well, simply, you're just missing out. Coconut, Cherry Garcia, Raspberry, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, Salted Caramel, Strawberry, Orange, Cookies and Cream, German Chocolate. For me, Mint Brownie is still king in the Lloyd household. Tastes like a Girl Scout cookie mixed into a candy bar. If you haven't tried all the flavors by now, you can get a mix box where you get two of each of the nine flavors, 18 bars in total. Not only are the Bill Bar flavors the best tasting, but they are healthy too. 
Check out the macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Only 4 to 5 grams of sugar. And only 4 to 5 grams net carbs. Amazing flavors. All tasty. All healthy. Order today and get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever flavor you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Go to Built.com right now. Use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 15% off at Built.com. And we continue on on your Locked On Browns pregame show. Week 8 Halloween as the Steelers invade First Energy Stadium. We're going to look at this Browns defense here as they face Pittsburgh Steelers offense. For me, uh, again, that's an injury report here. First thing I got my eyes on is Jadavia and Clowney. Um, I'm hoping this doesn't feel similar to the Charger week, you know, where we heard really good things. And then all of a sudden, you know, Jadavian's body wasn't, you know, responding during pregame that day against the Chargers. Um, to have the ability to have Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney, um, look, everybody knows where Big Ben is at now, um, mobility-wise, and it's it's down to the point where I mean we're talking to guys a statue. He's a redwood. He's not moving. Um, to be able to put these type of upper echelon athletes in the face all around a guy like Big Ben and having the importance and the smarts that a Malik Jackson has, that a Malik McDowell is learning to keep your hands up, which led to a lot of those four interceptions that Big Ben threw in the playoff game last year. If you can get your top shelf defensive line going this week, that would really, really behoove the Browns and their efforts to slow down the Steelers offense. You also look at the fact that, you know, Tack McKinley may not be able to go here. Um, so that's going to cause you some pause and hesitation. Look, if you can get one of these two, because we know the type of athlete that Tack is as well. Um, if you can get Clowney or Tack, that's a win. You can get them both. Oof, that's just a huge, huge coup for the Steelers. I mean, sorry, the Browns defense led by defense coordinator Joe Woods. You look at some of what the Steelers are doing right now as a team. They are rushing for 3.7 yards a game per carry. That is not the Steelers. It's never been the Steelers, even though Big Ben has always lit it up with passing numbers. They've always had that strong running game that can just lean on teams, either secure a win or just push around in defenses that weren't, you know, talented enough, strong enough, big enough. But they're not doing it this year. Um, they drafted Najee Harris. Um, he's averaging 3.8 yards per carry. The fact that he is the second leading receiver on this team with 34 receptions just blows your mind. This is not really the type of back that he was at Alabama. Um, sure, this was not, you know, anybody who was going to draft him, this was the intent they had with Najee Harris is, wow, we can feature him like a James White out of the backfield or an Alvin Kamara out of the backfield. Um, but the Steelers are down a lot of these games. Um, and Harris is actually, to his credit, is shown pretty well as a receiver. I think a lot better than maybe thought maybe he was coming out of Alabama. So the work is done there. But that leads to, look, Zach Banner looks like he's going to be back this week at right tackle. That leads to what are you doing at the left tackle position? Are you continuing with the rookie Moore out of Texas A&M who's looked pretty good and looked like there's a nice you know, trajectory path for him to maybe be the left tackle for the Steelers for a while. Or you're going to throw Chooks Okafor back to the left side after he's been filling in on the right side. Either way, it's a mismatch. Chooks Okafor or the rookie David Moore against Miles Garrett doesn't bode well for the Steelers. But Zach Benner coming back, does this maybe aid the running game? And now keep in mind, the Steelers are coming off a bye. You know, the Browns should be rested pretty well as they play the Thursday night game. But Steelers, you know, are obviously coming off the bye week. So they should be even more rested with Manor coming in. Does this dictate the fact that the fact that the Steelers can run the ball a little bit better with Najee Harris? Maybe mix in a McFarland who's got a little bit more juice than Najee Harris. We'll see how that works out. Uh, to Ben, ben himself, look, it, the arm strength is not there. You can certainly see it. Um, you can see that Ben is making every effort possible to find his first open read and get rid of the ball as quickly as he can. He knows he can't move anymore. Knows he really doesn't have the arm for the deep ball. So he's just trying to get whatever yardage he can, keep the offense on the field, keep matriculating the ball. 
down the field. If you look at the receiving core, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster out for the year and apparently um, apparently loving shooting craps at the casinos in Pittsburgh because that's what he's been up to uh, while rehabbing. But Deontay Johnson, the player has improved. Deontay Johnson has always been a threat uh, for the Steelers' offense, but the problem is Deontay Johnson has had a lot of issues uh, holding on to the ball, catching the ball. And that is starting to dissipate. Uh, it looks a lot more confident. It looks to be the guy that Ben Roethlisberger wants to find with his first read. The rookie tight end who will be getting a lot of playing time is uh, Eric Ebron will be out. Pat Frymouth out of Penn State. Big, strong. To me, looks on the field a little bit like Austin Hoover. Certainly got yards after the catchability. Somebody you got to keep your eyes on. James Washington, uh, reserve wide receiver for the Steelers. But he's always kind of had a Browns number. Um, it was a uh, you know 70, yard, 70 yards in the playoff game. Uh, he hit the Browns in the first game in 2020 for, for a deep touchdown. He had issues, you know, the Browns had issues with him um, earlier on in his career. Uh, I do remember the <clears throat> 2019, that was the uh, Miles Garrett revenge game um, where, the, you know, Duck Hodges was just basically floating it up and Washington was either able to come down with him or draw play, uh, pass interference calls. He's a pain in the butt. The guy for me, and maybe he's not really doing this year what he was doing last year, but for the Browns, the Browns had a terrible time dealing with Chase Claypool last year. Clay, Chase Claypool in three games versus the Browns last year, 241 total yards, four touchdowns. He's big and he's fast. And the Browns, Denzel Ward has always been a difficult matchup for him. It's not going to be the case this Sunday with Denzel Ward being out with a hamstring. Greg Newsom, Greedy Williams, both bigger than Denzel Ward. Both at times can get a little bit more physical than Denzel Ward. So A, you always want Denzel Ward out there. There's no way around it. Going back to his Ohio State days, he has never given up more than 90 yards to a receiver. So you would love to have him here. But maybe the just general matchup of Greedy Williams, Greg Newsom, who are both a little bit bigger, a little bit you know more length to them at the cornerback position, may serve you well in taking care of a guy in Chase Claypool, who's been like kryptonite to this Browns defense. They, they have no answer for him. He's built like a tight end. He runs like a you know top-end wide receiver. Fast, strong, yards after the catch. They've used him in the running game, you know, end arounds, jet sweeps, those types of things. He's very, very difficult to handle. And he's certainly a mismatch, you know, monster. And that is shown, again, 241 total yards in three games against the Browns last year, four touchdowns. It's a lot. It's a lot to deal with. Uh, going back to those last two games um, in 2020 and, and obviously the, the playoff game that followed, MJ Stewart was a monster for the Browns. He won't be here, but it's just funny how things work out. And MJ Stewart had interceptions in both those games. Had 10 tackles in the playoff game. Um, Jacob Phillips, obviously still injured on injury reserve. He was a monster in the uh, regular season finale last year. Eight, to eight solo tackles in that game. Um, the Browns need to step it up here um, in order to stop this running game. And maybe this is a week where you're you're better with this you know current version of the linebacker without you know Jeremiah Wusukoromoa. You're a little bit bigger with Anthony Walker, Mac Wilson on the field, Malcolm Smith, Sione Taki Taki. Um, if the Steelers are going to try to run the ball, maybe this is going to bode a little bit better with dealing with the likes of Najee Harris. Um, you know, big, physical, you know, able to get outside. Good, good running back. Um, but still, the Steelers running game is not what you know they were hoping it would be to this point, and that probably suits the Browns pretty well. I think this is a great matchup for the Browns on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. There are some keys that we won't know, obviously, until, you know, before the game, the game unfolds. That is, you know, how is Baker Mayfield going to be able to play? Is he going to be confident? Is the shoulder going to be on the back of his mind? Get the ball, find somebody, get rid of it. You, you have Nick, you have Dearness Johnson. Are you going to use a little bit more, maybe Demetri Felton this week to, uh, you have him maybe match up against some linebackers. I don't think there's a linebacker on the Steelers roster that can handle a player like Demetri Felton. So you maybe use him to aid in the loss of Kareem Hunt not being available to go. This Browns running back room, I think you're going to get some good things out of them this week. I really think they're going to step up 
um, with the news of Stump Mitchell obviously leading the team here for a while while he's got to address his own health health issues. I think the Browns are going to show well in that respect. I think they're going to step up big time. And the other key here, which we'll know probably about 1130 tomorrow, is what is the status of Jadavian Clowney? What is the static status of Tack McKinley? If the Browns can get either one or both of those players, this really looks like a dream matchup for the Browns facing the Steelers on Sunday. Prediction, I'll go. Your hometown, Cleveland Browns, 30. Pittsburgh Steelers, 20. Browns get to 5-3 and three and get ready to battle the Cincinnati Bengals in Week 9. I am Jeff Lloyd, the host of Lock, Brown, Lock on Browns, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, at Locked on Browns. Follow back account. DMs are open, as everybody knows. Whatever podcast platform you use, Locked on Browns available for you daily and always free. Appreciate everybody for making Locked on Browns your first listen day in, day out. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.